You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. PJ's cast. I am your host, Beer Strong, and Jimmy. And uh, it has been a little while since we've done the podcast. Just a lot of personal mm-hmm. stuff going on in our life. Stuff we haven't, uh, that, or sorry, that we've already mentioned. But uh, yeah. we're going to get back into this. Um, so, yeah. some heartbreaking news today. Uh, first off, Walter Gretzky, the father of uh, Wayne Gretzky, unfortunately passed away. He was 82 years old. And um, Obviously, I never I never met him, but just like hearing all the stories about him, that he was just a gentleman. And I just want to read this tweet from uh, uh, at Care Berica. It was 2005. I was at the mall and came out to a car that wouldn't start. My son was 18 months old, and I was near near tears because I was a single mom and broke and waiting for a tow truck in a parking lot. While I was waiting, Walter came out of the mall. He came over to ask if I was okay. We chatted for a few minutes, and he was on his way. Five minutes later, he came back with a stuffed, big stuffed bear for my son and just wait, and waited with me for the tow truck, just the epitome of a good man. 
I would run run into Walt many more times over the years at hockey tournaments or out for dinner, and he was always chatty and gracious and kind. The world has lost a good one, so Jesus. You know, you know hockey goes on about, you know, you know, class and all that shit. Class. Yeah, something like that really is a genuinely that's a genuinely good, meaningful person. That's uh wow, I hadn't read that story. That's incredible. Oh, I'll send it to you. Man. That's like that's like that's genuinely genuine. I'm not sure else to say it, but that's that's really incredible. Genuinely, yeah. Genuine. And I mean, it's uh, obviously not what the man should ever be uh, reduced to, but he did raise the best hockey player to ever live. So I think yeah. we can always thank him for that in the least. But wow, it, it's in a way, it's almost you know, with this, at least we can I. Uh, People can hear about these stories, you know, this man can be celebrated for everything he did, but, you know, obviously rest in peace and, you know, thank you to him for everything he did. And, and obviously maybe are, not for me, but for everybody, you know. And our thoughts are with the Gretzky family because it's, it's, uh, uh, it's never a good time to lose a, a family member, but especially with oh, just yeah. with the pandemic right now and a time where it shows you how how much it's really shown how, how meaningful family is to us. So just yeah. again. Rest in peace to him, and uh, thoughts are with the Gretzkys right this now. This is a very 2020s opening. Yeah. Is from this very... transition into uh, some other unfortunate news. Yeah, so, Brent Seabrook, um, he didn't Post officially... retirement. Post he officially retirement. Did retirement, but, like, it, it basically is retired. He's not going to play yeah. another game. Um, oh, I don't know. He decided he's not playing anymore. Yeah. yeah. And I... I just want to get this out of the way. I hate the comments that are like, oh, the Chicago Blackhawks, they, they oh. deliberately did this so they could get out from his cap. And obviously the past few years have been really rough for Brent Seabrook. Unfortunately, a lot of fans have kind of, uh, I guess, shit on him for lack of better sour word. Him. Yeah. 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 Really soured on him. That's a good word. That's or, light. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And and it's and it's unfortunate because he had so many great years with the Blackhawks. He had so many big playoff goals, and I think the biggest part was that he was such a big part in that locker room. You always think of uh, Chicago and Detroit, Jonathan Taves having a meltdown down in the penalty box, and Brent Seabrook yeah. just kind of comes over. You know, you know, it's all good. Kind of like pats him on the head and then goes back. And you know, Jonathan Taves is uh, is the leader by example. He goes out there and leads, but Brent Seabrook was the beating heart of that of those. Uh, those cup winning teams and and i think instead of like just like looking at the contract and be like yeah you know just all that i think it's an important time to take a look at entire human being here yeah there's an entire human being here who if someone took the time to look at uh ben pope suites i'm sure there you know many others sharing the entire the same story this man uh, this man couldn't sit down or I believe he couldn't walk. I believe it was either he couldn't walk or he couldn't sit down by Christmas. You know, we're not talking about this guy who, you know, oh, he's had some injuries and he just decided not to lace him up. He can hardly get his skates on. Uh, I really think that it's, it's ignorant to say anything like what people have been saying in terms of uh, putting it on the Blackhawks saying it's cap it's a cap move it's cap compliancy you know or trying to be compliant with the cap that boiling it down to that is it's it's not just ignorant it's insulting again this is a guy who 
like we've said, like he gave everything and gave his heart and soul to this organization in the city of Chicago to the point where he can't even be struggling to live his everyday life. I, I, I honestly, I can't, there, there shouldn't be any kind of talk surrounding that man except for praise today Mm -hmm. and appreciation. So yeah, I think, yeah, from you and I, I'd like to send, you know, all the well thoughts to he and his family. Obviously it's going to be a, it's probably been a very tough transition and, you know, it's not going to be, any easier going forward i wouldn't think so you know all the you know, all good thoughts and vibes to them and you know just hoping the best for their family that's a very uh it's a it's just such a such a sudden and shocking move and it makes sense i'm glad that he made that choice i think a lot of us you know all of the blackhawks fans that actually have half a brain and at least half a heart you know realize that this was the right move and this is a good thing for him and his health and can appreciate what he did so i think you know anybody who's focused on uh money and numbers i i think that there's absolutely no reason to be doing that i think if you're looking at the fat like the thing as brent Seabrook is an asset and not a human being like what's what's wrong with you like that's exactly just, yeah just looking at the streets again like you wrote from ben Pump from brent Seabrook. there's no cartilage in my hip lots of arthritis Jesus. in there we did a lot of stuff with injections and cortisone i told my body to scroll for 15 years and it finally turned around and told me i'm not going to do to do it anymore like that line really hits me. I told my body to screw off for 15 years, and now it's back to bite me, and that that happens. You know that, that you know we were saying it. You know it's it was going to catch up with him, and I, I'm I'm sure even he knew that. It you know it, not, maybe not as hard as it did, but man, like that's oh, that's such a fucking tough thing to read, man. Like I saw that earlier, and it's just it's so so hard to take that in no yeah. cartilage in his we say his leg or his hip and he was his hip his hip yeah jesus fuck man that's tough i don't even want to imagine what that feels like that yeah I, I mean feeling it for somebody oh god even feeling it, you know thinking of somebody else is bad enough let alone actually experiencing it in physical form I mean, jesus man so yeah again just all well wishes and thoughts to the, uh, the seabrook family what and brent seabrook had so much mileage on him. He played so many games since uh, the 0506 season. I don't remember him missing like a, like a, a a big amount of time. Like he was always durable. He was playing in a lot of big games. A lot of sorry. He only missed one game in the playoffs against the Blues because he got the suspended for murdering backers. Yeah. Yeah. So and yeah, like he he was so durable for a lot of years and um he was he was on a lot of uh, long cup runs and uh, father time catches up to everyone he's got you know we bring up the family aspect of things he's got three young children you know it's it's not worth it for, worth it for him to risk his career again it obviously sucks to see him go out just to see all the circumstances that happen but you know, we hope he's okay and that he can uh, spend some, that he can raise his children, be with his wife, be with his family and all that stuff. And yeah. uh, I, I'm trying to look for the, the look for the tweet, uh, Ben Pope, but he says like he wants to be able to go skiing with his, his kids and all that stuff. And I think that's the uh, most geez. important part. And yeah, just again, Brent Seabrook, hell of a defenseman. I was looking at, I saw the stat, the most goals, uh, playoff goals by a Blackhawks defenseman ever is by Brent Seabrook. 20 goals, and he had so many big goals. We think of uh, Game 7 against Detroit, and we think of Game 4 against Boston, where they could have gone down 3-1, but Brent Seabrook tied it up. And Stan Bowman said that uh, he thought the Game 4 goal against Boston was bigger than the Game 7 goal against Detroit. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think 
with game seven, they were playing well enough that, you know, anybody, I think eventually it was going to go in. That's just my belief. Even though it was such a tight game, I really thought that it was like the Blackhawks just had to finish that off. Remember game when four, you lose game four, it, man. You're down 3-1, man. Yeah, you're down 3-1. You're going back home, down 3-1 against the team that's won the Cup two years prior. I, I'm not feeling too good about that. Like, do you remember that Detroit game, Jalmerson scored? I think it was Jalmerson, and then I think it was Saad that was behind the play wrestling yeah. up. Yeah. They called it back. So, so it was, they should have won that game either way. Yeah, that, that I mean, I remember listening to the radio later on in one of the – host said oh well you know not a big deal because Detroit, Detroit's good enough they, they could have scored anyways but in a game like that you have to count every single goal that you get I don't I'm not going to go oh well you know I mean of course you don't know what happens but let's be honest the next goal was going to win the game that's just the kind of game it was by the way the fact that Brent Seabrook has had so many clutch goals that we can talk about the fact he won a series <laughs> Being down three one, the fact you tied up a series to prevent being down three one again, it just shows how many. What a clutch triple goals. overtime goal! Yeah, against Nashville, Nashville they could have that series Nashville. could have been tied, but no, they took the three one lead there. And against... those those three goals though tied for the most of uh, most by any defenseman, uh, most overtime goals by any defenseman in NHL history, tied with I believe, I think his name was Ken Morrison. Gosh, I could find the stat, but uh, yeah. Pretty good when you've got a playoff record amongst all players at your position. That's that's pretty good, I'd say. And you know he was never up there with like Keith, Taves, and Kane in terms of being like a, a Norris type of defenseman. Yeah. But the fact that he was he's such a top a, ten guy for a few years. Yeah, no doubt. The fact that he was just such a a good hockey player, such a solid good hockey player for a long time, and most importantly, a big presence in that locker room when they were winning those cup, it just speaks a lot to his, his character and how he was a warrior. The fact that he didn't want to just give up, like he tried getting back on the ice, but unfortunately things just don't work out. But again, all the all the best to Seabrook and his family. And uh, instead of looking at the negative things, you know, ow, you know, the cap hit, they're trying to get out from underneath it. And, God, you know, looking at it as an asset, look at, look at Brent Seabrook as a human being, man. Like, I just I've heard nothing but good things about him, and uh, yeah, best of luck. And another, th- I think I saw this that he would like to work in the Blackhawks uh, front office sometime down in the future. So uh, maybe once oh, that contract is up, we can see that happen. So this, it's, it's the last of Brent Seabrook as a player, but maybe it's not, it's not the last of Brent Seabrook and the Blackhawks organization as a whole. So yeah, um, so under the Blackhawks, uh, they played Tampa Bay last night. They probably could have played played as well as they could have in the first 40 minutes, but the problem is when you're going up against Tampa Bay, you got to keep your foot on the pedal for the full 60 minutes, and uh, that's what separates Chicago from Tampa. They've been surprisingly good this year, but like all of counts, they've surprised us. The fact they're still in a playoff spot, they're still above 500, and all that is is quite yeah. amazing. And honestly, the fact they even got a point out of Tampa Bay is also amazing, but. You also look at the fact that they played so well in the first 40 minutes and just kind of, yeah, kind of like squandered it away in the yeah. in uh, the third period in overtime and of course the Victor Hemming goal, the most heartbreaking way possible wow. with 0.1 seconds left. So fun fact, I haven't that. seen the goal yet. I was at uh, I was at work. I went on break and I listened to the overtime uh, on my phone. And uh, I mean, did, I don't know if you you were watching the game at the time. If you got to catch it, did you? 
no, I actually didn't watch the third period. But it I sounded like it. they were all right in overtime. You know, it sounded like they held their I own for the most part. it hit the post. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. That was tough. Uh, we're going to get my... God, I'm probably not going to have a reaction. I mean, it's just going to be me staring into the... Oh, play. yeah, but you're going to watch it for the first time here? Yeah, I mean, again, there's not really much I'm going to have, you know, be able to say, you know, I haven't already thought. Oh, man. Uh, and you can just hear the the buzzer go off and it's like is it a goal but then they do the replay and they check it and it's like 0.1 left and uh, it's it's a heartbreaker man and it's like oh and that's just one of those shots oh, yeah what are you gonna do it's a ball buster for sure was that Hedman or was that Kalorn? I think that, that was, was Hedman. I think Kalorn touched it, but that was Hedman getting the shot through. Oh, for sure, it's Hedman. Yeah, but I think that was Kalorn's goal. Yeah, it was uh, Kalorn. Oh fuck off, Kalorn. What is it with him and these deflection goals against the Blackhawks to make me want to hide in a cave? Maybe that's what they learn at Harvard. Just oh, get <laughs> out of here! What? Wow, that is a buzzer beater. I. Get it out of here. Oh, come on. That is literally... I don't think I've ever seen a, a goal beat the buzzer that close in my life. That is... Tough. Yeah, there is a reaction. <laughs> I didn't know... I, I mean, obviously it's close, but that is... They could not get any closer. Yeah. I mean, you... You can't... Like, again, like, it's it's disappointing. It sucks. But you can't give this team any grief for it. I mean, I know we talk about, you know, they, they blew it in the third period. I look at it as you couldn't withhold Tampa in the third period. You know, like, that's a, that is the Tampa Bay Lightning. I, and they don't have... Cup they don't have Nikita Kucherov. Okay, <laughs> you have Braden Point, Victor Hedman, Steven Samkos, Anthony Sorelli, Alex Kalorn, God, oh, Brian McDonough, Mikhail Sergachev is just chilling there, you know, you know, just Mikhail Sergachev. And you have Andrei Vasilevsky, the easily the best goaltender in the league this year, without question, no big deal. You you could argue these are the uh, two front runners for the Vesna playing in this game. Which is very interesting. Oh yeah, definitely. It's um, crazy to say who Lincoln was very good last night from all that I heard. Yeah, he was he was good. Like that's not his fault. And oh, not at all. No. Even though I the mean, black, what are you gonna do about a deflection? Yeah, with all those bodies in front. And yeah. I'm just looking at the standings. Even though they did lost, uh, Columbus lost last night. Or no, they won, but they're still. Four points behind the Blackhawks with uh, one more game played. Uh, they Nashville. have fraud Patrick Laine on their team. Yeah. Good old <laughs> Alex Debrinkit. Nashville only has 20 points in 23 games. Of course, the Red Wings got 17 points in 26 games, but the Dallas Stars are 16-4. Oh, so, I am all here for the Dallas Stars falling off a cliff. This has been hilarious. They have, oh, what they I love how they out. have less points than the Red Wings, and they have an entire eight games less. Didn't they... They had a delay to start the season, didn't they? Yeah, they did because uh, they had COVID tests, and then I think there was like the Texas winter storms there, oh. all that stuff. So, I, how did a southern state have more COVID cases than everybody else? What the fuck? 
It really makes you wonder. It really makes you wonder. And, <laughs> okay. Now, I'm not even going to get to the Anthem thing because we don't like to get political on here, obviously. But uh, it is it is pretty funny, though, regardless of, uh, like, regardless of even the uh, political implications behind that either way. It, it's just kind of funny. Ever since that tweet was sent out, there's been this, like, category cataclysmic fall from the Dallas Stars. What have they been, 1-6-4 and four now? I think, yeah, something like that. And the fact that they're, I think their only one was against Florida and Kudoman stopped, like, almost 50 shots in that yeah, room. That, oh, that was the win. Yeah, he yeah. went, he was, yeah, he was a little bit different that game. Ate his greens before that game, for sure. I love the NHL app doesn't even show the last 10, but I know it's pretty bad for Dallas. That's why you get the score app. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I mean, the Hawks are... And still messing man. something up? No, what? No, never, no, no. never. This can't, this can't be right. The fact that the Hawks are still at a 500... Uh, I don't know if you mentioned it, you probably did, but the fact that they're still at a 500 record... Including overtime losses me. and losses. Like just total Exactly. Losses. We're not talking, oh, well, you know, overtime losses don't count. No, no, no. At least in my opinion, you lose, you lose. Like, that's yeah. what it is. You didn't win the game. So, You yeah. play to win the game. His name was Kulaman. I asked the fucking guy. I asked the fucking guy, and he said Kalaman. But, but uh, yeah, pretty pretty awesome to see this team. You know, got pretty awesome. It's like the <laughs> pretty awesome to see pretty, them being competent for yeah. like the first time in a few years. Yeah, pretty awesome, man. Pretty cool. But no, it's it's fucking incredible, man. It's so nice to see. Even even when they lose a game like this, I can go home and I go, man, they took the Tampa At Bay least Lightning they tried, dude. without their top three centers. This is another reason yeah. I don't give them any grief. They had their – a team on paper should be maybe the like bottom five, no question. And they're, I thought they were going to finish last place just because oh, of the yeah. goaltending. But... Well, I thought that – oh, well, yeah, yeah. I thought second, just, I don't know, I just thought, you know, you have a Patrick Kane on your team. That's true, yeah. Alex Dabrinkit bounces back. Yeah, you just, you know, Patrick Kane's not going to let you go last, I guess is all I'm saying. He's a different breed. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it this season's been incredible. Obviously, Kevin Also, Lincoln congratulations and... to him on 400 goals. I know. Oh, Patrick yeah, Kane, yeah, it's been a while. He's kind of a controversial figure on the league, yeah. but, like, I think over the past, like, he's done stupid shit, but, like, over the past few years, I think he's cleaned up his act, and it's it's great yeah. to see him, that he's he's been around this long, and, like, the fact that, the fact that he led the, the 2010s in points scoring still blows my mind. Like, I'm pretty sure Crosby had, like, the best point per game, but the fact that he was able to stay he, durable and put up as many points as he did, I think, is incredible, and... But, I, it's his bar. Yeah. He's googly, he's googly woogly bar graph. Yeah, he 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 in red. He no blue. He no. Yeah. He's, no, he's, no he's no Nick Manino. That's for sure. That, absolutely no. He's no Joel Eriksson Eck. That's for sure. Yeah. No. Speaking okay. Of, well, I do respect Joel Eriksson Eck. Hell of a player, especially showing that this year. Having a good season. He but he's be. no Mason Appleton. He's no Mason, Mason Appleton. Appleton. <laughs> is he? A, is he? A, is he a quote unquote analytic darling? Hashtag analytic darling. He doesn't even have a ton of apples this year. He doesn't even live up to his name. How disappointing. Yeah. yeah. yeah really sad when you think about it. But uh. Yeah, I, and uh, we've I think we've we've hit on this uh, a bit last podcast, but um, I think it's still the case. Just let me double check. Oh, I mean, he's in second. He's tied for second now, which even closer to being the leading scorer overall. And the next, this isn't okay. Hold up, hold up, hold your breath. Uh, 
hold your socks because you're about to get them knocked off. Thank you, Papa, Uncle Pierce. Uh, Connor McDavid, 40 points. He's Connor McDavid. He's going to do that. He's the best player in the league right now. He's going to do Connor McDavid things. Although he has played one more game than Patrick Kane and has five more points. Obviously, Patrick Kane's going to blow six points out of of, uh, the Lightning tonight. God, I can't speak. But, um, see, I I get that every podcast. I get at least one I can't speak because I really can't speak. But out of the top seven scorers in the league, five of them are from the North Division. The other two are from the Chicago Blackhawks. That's that's pretty nice. That's pretty. And I like nice. how I like how James Van Riemsdyk is just chilling. There. <laughs> He's just <laughs> James Van Riemsdyk. Yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. Brother I, of I, brother of brother Stanley of Cup uh, champion Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Ah, oh, the better one. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Brock Besser. Brock Besser uh, tied for tenth. That's uh good for him. He's he's gotten a lot of uh gotten a lot of uh flack in um flack. You know, a lot of flack there in uh, Vancouver. Um, I think there are even rumors. What? What's flack in Vancouver now? Okay, dude, you're just, you're, wow. Okay, dude, you're, you're going off the rails a bit there. I, I don't like you, man. <laughs> I, I do not like you. <laughs> I mean, I think Canucks fans that, you know, that weren't thinking, uh, you know, immediately and weren't reacting too much, you know, they, they knew they should keep him, but uh, there were definitely some calls to trade him this side. Uh, this offseason, but you know what the Vancouver media calling for someone to get tripped by calling for someone's head and overreacting. That's crazy. Wow. This is just too crazy, dude. I can't believe Canadian media would do that. That's insane. Um, but yeah, no, 25 points. Good for him. Tied for, uh, tied for 10th with, uh, Nicholas Baxter and Alexander Barkov. That's, that's nice company. That's pretty nice company. So, uh, good for him. Actually. I just want to say that. And, uh, our good pal, Charles, he's got a couple of guys up there. Uh, Jonathan Huberto and uh, Alexander Barkov, twenty or yeah, twenty six and twenty five respectively, up there in the uh, top twelve. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, you know, again, heartbreaking loss last night. But at the same time, I I, I was thinking this last night. You know, you uh, you won a game, uh, you you won a game as a team with nothing, almost nothing on paper. You lose a game, you lost a game with almost nothing, nothing on paper. It's it's fine. Like any any win this year, and you want to argue draft, you know, draft position, fair. But in terms of, um, in terms of this team progressing, any win, any game one is an actual victory. Like that's that's instead that is more than just a win. That is incredible for this team. I don't care if it's Kevin Lincoln and making it happen. I don't care if it's Patrick Kane taking over a game. I don't care if it's Debrinket continuing this Renaissance tour. That's big for this team. That's it's found money. It's found or Brandon free Nagel lunch. just like skating past everyone, and that's going to lead into our next topic. Wow, has Brandon Nagel been good? My God, I mean, you can get to the analytics; he's been great there. But um, I mean, I he's dropped off a bit. But like, dude, uh, that's the thing. I think dude. I think we just like to go because you know what? Not everyone's in analytics, and that's fair. So just talking about his play in the ice, fantastic on the penalty kill. Kid knows how to use his his skates, man. Kid knows how to skate for sure. Kid that's older. Kid's got yeah, wheels. Kid's got wheels. Yeah, buddy's got wheels, eh? You well, can wheel, buddy. Really can wheel. He can wheel. And uh, yeah, he sure can. We saw last night. Well, we saw a beautiful play against the Red Wings the other day. Um, I believe he stole the puck. I forget if he received a pass, but either way, he got the puck around the blue line, darted straight up the right side, and almost a no look pass right across the Kubalik. Like he's. 
he was seen by a lot of people and even myself as just this guy and not just, but, you know, as a guy who, you know, he get, he crashes the rebounds, he gets some breakaways, you know, he can finish, uh, you know, pretty well. He can make a nice play now and there, mostly a shot volume guy, but we saw last night and uh, the game before, like the, he, the guy can make a play. Um, I thought we can all talk about how, uh, how lucky that bounce was for him to get the puck on that, uh, on that penalty kill, but the fact he gets it right away, throws it over to Carpenter. Beautiful shot by Carpenter, by the way. But he's been you know, seeing... he's been picking it up recently, Brian Carpenter. Yeah, I mean he did switch to a Bauer stick and all of a sudden start scoring. But I, I, I mean, I obviously that's the most important part of this. But you know, oh I, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Not, nothing to do with like confidence or anything. It's it's all it's yeah, all stick, man. yeah, yeah. No, it's it's yeah, that's obviously it's the most the important equipment. thing. It's not that I notice every little detail about gear. I, I would never do that. But um, yeah, no, Ren and Hagel, man, like really, just we're seeing him blossom into uh, just a fantastic depth player. Like, and that's the thing about a guy like Hagel, you know, people, you know, we see Kurashev, we see Lincoln, everyone sees Lincoln, and you know, Bofus is looking much more confident. I think that uh, also as well on that uh, that overtime goal, I, that that's not his fault. He's got his guy, and Kalorn gets his stick free for a split second. The puck goes in by a fraction of a fraction of a second. Game of inches, man. Really yeah, is. seriously. So, I mean, Evokvist has looked much better on both ends of the puck, which is huge for him. You know, obviously we know what he's you know, analytically he's... our best defenseman. Yeah, and uh, not that that's the not, yeah. I was gonna say with... not that it's easy. However, though, he's not just good. He's been fantastic analytically as of late. So, yeah, I mean, really huge steps for him. But uh, Brandon Hagel is just one of those guys who you know, very, very unsung hero and. Uh, Right now, Hawks fans are raving about him, but you know he's going to end up being that guy who, you know, he's he's not going to be as talked, he's not going to be talked as much, um, or about as much as uh these guys, these bigger, you know, these uh flashy young guns. But man, you need guys in your team like that. I, I would love to see him and Ryan Carpenter play a, a couple more years at least in the penalty kill together. Those guys are so much fun to watch killing penalties. Those guys are lethal. So, really fun seeing him make something happen last night. And you bring up the fact how that like that play was lucky. And it's like gotta be good to be lucky. And mm-hmm. the thing is, he's had so many. It seems like he's had so many like chances to bury. Oh, the you want to talk about luck with Brandon Hagel? Yeah, so yeah exactly. let him have one. Let it's him have nice one. For, it's nice for some to finally go his way, but well, and he made the play. You know, the puck came to him. He didn't just shoot it right away. He you know took a second. He threw it over to Carpenter, and you know, I, I'm pretty sure he did it right. I mean, I could. Rewatch it. Maybe I'm I'll just say. It, I'll just it. say yeah. the fact that that broke Vasilevsky's shutout. Bit that was pretty great. Yeah, that stuff. felt great. Yeah. I was gonna say that was I. Uh... Yeah, I really didn't get to catch much of the highlights at all. But yeah, that was I. Uh... The fact that they scored at all against Vasilevsky was. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that I'm at work and I'm like thinking to myself, man, I, do we even get one tonight? Do we even get no. one tonight? Yeah, yeah, I mean, even scoring a single goal against Andrew Vasilevsky this season—that's a—I mean—that's a victory. The fact that they played as well as they he did. He's probably going to win the Vesna, and he's going to win the Vesna. He's going to win the Vesna. Let me correct McDav- you there, my friend. And if McDavid and, and Matthews weren't having the years that they're having, they might even—he might even be in for hard consideration. Honestly, like he's been that good. Yeah, like right away he gets a shot on that puck comes down. Yeah, that's a fantastic play. He doesn't turn around and shoot the puck. He takes a second. He finds his man. He gives it to him. And it's little stuff like that. Like you see him in in his first two games, you know, when he wasn't scoring, you know, he's going to turn around. He's just going to shoot that right away. 
maybe it goes in, but against Andre Vasilevsky, a shot like that's probably not going in. So, you know, you see his confidence growing. You see the player he's becoming. It's really, really, uh, really nice to see. I think he's going to be a part of this team for a long time. Well, hopefully he is. But, uh... Stan Bowman. Anyways, Stan um... Bowman just picked up the phone. God damn it. Yeah. He's going to trade him for, like, I don't even, I don't even Henry Yoki, are you? Are we going to back? What? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get into that Buffalo. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. we can get into a lot with Buffalo. Jack Eichel. Oh, man. That wasn't even on the notes, but I'm like, Buffalo, Buffalo. Yeah, we have to touch on that. Yeah. So, the reason why I wanted to bring up Buffalo, I just remember the charts that were sent to the chat of Rasmus Dahlin and Henry Yoki, are you? And they're all in the room. <sighs> Yeah, and it's bad. It's bad. And I remember, like, when we're kind of the last time we had a podcast, we we're talking about Nashville and Florida. As like Nashville, how do we fix this? How do you fix this situation? And then Buffalo has been what Nashville is right now, but worse for years. Decade, and then even like a, a Florida, they've been doing good. But what the hell do you do with that Bobrovsky contract? What the hell do you do with this whole Buffalo team? Because <laughs> With Florida, you're good every two or three years, and now it seems like they have a plan for the future. Unless Bill Zito, you know, has a, a hemorrhage and becomes, you know, Dale Talon again, which I, I, man, it's it's really hard to be as bad as Dale Talon was the last few years in Florida. All oh, all due respect, it, that was very bad. But uh, Buffalo, it's like everybody who comes in there is a different player. It. it, it... <sighs> Case in point, Ryan O'Reilly. I lost my will to play hockey. Goes back, to, goes to gets traded to St. Louis. Wins a Conn Smythe. Wins a Cup. Wins a Selkie, and now he's their captain. Which, by the way, I looked at that trade and what a horrible trade for Buffalo, and what an amazing trade for St. Louis. Obviously, not only did you get the best player, but you gave up like a first Nothing. round pick that was thirty first overall. I think you gave up Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson, Patrick Berglund, and Vladimir Savotka. Yeah, correct. And like Which is I, kind of a cap dump for yeah, those last two. Like Berglund didn't want to play there either. He left. <laughs> I, I don't think Savotka's with them anymore and Tage Thompson like gets scratched a lot and I don't even know who they picked with their thirty first pick because that's what yeah. it was, but in St. Louis oh, boy, you oh, do not care. You don't need to care. Who they pick? You, you you can pick the next Sidney Crosby. Yeah, we, we got the cup. Not only that, I got the Con Smythe winner. I got a Selkie winner, and now my my captain. You know, it's exactly exactly. Wow, it's like you know, going to Buffalo is like going through the hex in Wandavision. You know, you transform into a bad player. Obviously, you would understand this reference because you have seen Wandavision. Oh, I totally watched it. I was totally yeah. up at uh, one a.m. in the morning watching it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, so it's a good thing that you and I are definitely not making time today, so that you can, you know, watch the entire thing because you've been, you know, under a rock. Not like you oh, have things in life to do or oh, anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's not like I'm working yeah. or you know, in the process of moving. You know, no, no, none of that. No, no, no. And it's not like I've seen a bunch of you know these movies that you haven't seen either. No, no, none of that. You're you're correct, man. No worries. Popping on your forehead. I'll stop there. <laughs> James, you wouldn't understand. But uh, yeah. Um. So on the topic of Buffalo, where do you see Eichel going? Because I'm gonna be honest, I don't have any. I don't have any commentary for how you fix this. I have no idea. I have talked to you. I have talked. We have, we've, as friends, our friends, we've all talked extensively about what we think Buffalo should do. 
it has come up multiple times as a team that you talk about, aside from the other teams that come up occasionally, Florida, Nashville now, this team is always in that conversation. And I never, I remember 2015 thinking, oh, well, you know what, they got the Connor McDavid, you know, they'll be fine. Oh, Jack Eichel, that's good enough, you know. Or when, Eichel. like, uh, Tim Murray threw a fit that he didn't get Connor McDavid, but he got Jack Eichel still, but that that's wasn't good. That's kind of stuff with Jack Eichel. Yeah. Yeah, like, and that's just kind of, that's just, I think that's a microcosm of Buffalo. It's a very Buffalo thing. I remember, I think it was, it was that year, 2014-15, they were actively tanking, they were actively making their ta- their team worse, and I think, I think it was Michael Neuvers had, like, a three-game stretch where he won three in a row, and I think he had a shutout in there, and Buffalo's like, no, nah, we gotta trade this man, he's making us win games. <laughs> they traded him! They traded him! Oh, it was incredible. Um, yeah, I, you know, again, we've talked about what we think this, these teams could do and what's possible. I'm just going to wait and see. I have no more ideas. I have, I, I, it's, and it's, it's just hot air at this point. It's hot air. Yeah. So, I mean, but I will, you know, I love the conversation of where will Jack Eichel go? So where do you see Jack Eichel going? I have a very, I'm very secure on one team, but I want to hear what you have to say because I haven't asked you that yet. Actually, but it might be the same team as yours, but L.A., because that just makes so much sense. Team Is that what you were thinking? New York Rangers. That works, too. New York I, or L.A.? With L.A., you either team would love to have a Jack Eichel, but I think that when you have Byfield and Alex Turcotte coming up, I think that you 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 want to hold on to those guys. You want to see what you have with them. Uh and obviously, you know, you, Jack Eichel, you want to have a Jack Eichel, but you don't know if Byfield can be that. Do you want to trade Byfield? Maybe he hits his ceiling and his ceiling is higher than Jack Eichel's. You don't know. And you're not in a win-now mode, so you don't need to get that piece. Whereas the Rangers, you know, they have Panarin, they have Zibanejad. Panarin is in his prime, you could argue. You know, he seems like he could be an ageless wonder. the best in the NHL and players. Exactly. Like, you could, he, he could be an ageless wonder kind of guy, but you don't know that. So you And you have... Kako coming up, you have Chris Kreider is still a very good player. You have a young up-and-coming goalie in Shesterkin, you know. You have Adam Fox on the rest of the blue line. You have uh, people, and, and Keandre Miller is there also. They don't have Tony D'Angelo anymore. So that's why, yeah, no, that's why they've been that's why they've been so screwed on defense. You know, it's not like the Rangers have suddenly looked a lot better ever since he left, but, you know. Um, yeah, I, I just... Also, I also want to bring up Lafreniere. I think he has six points in his last... He's finally points. getting a stride. I mean, good for him. He finally got past his uh, his goal of, you know, points uh, that Kevin Lincoln has, and we finally got past that uh, that milestone. So good for him. You know, he's finally uh, playing hockey. You know, that's, that's tough. A legend like Lincoln, and man. Like, that's, yeah. a tough, that's, that's, that's no easy feat, man. Yeah, you know, most rookies, you know, it's a very, uh, it's a very, uh, you know, big thing into the NHL, and that's really what your first thing is. You know, you try to, meet, you know, meet that first goal. But uh, you know, good for him doing that. But uh, yeah, you know, Lafreniere is finding his stride. You know, and these uh, Kako, he's looked a lot better this year. The results aren't there just yet, but you know, these his, players... his, his underlying stats are definitely a lot better because, yeah. like, by oh. all metrics last year, he was the worst player in the NHL. <laughs> yeah, he was. It's like the worst thing is that there's nothing, there's nothing he did effectively. Besides put some no. pucks in the net, and even then it wasn't very much at all. No. Yeah, maybe one of the worst seasons I've seen by a player in a minute. It was very bad. It was very bad. Yeah. By a full-time player, at least. Um, but yeah, these players, are they're, they're starting to hit their stride. I mean, Lafreniere faster than Kako. He's just, you know, he's, his ceiling is much higher. 
But the thing year, is, they're only like Lafreniere is only like a few months younger than what Kako is because he's a late 2001 birthday, so it's not like there's a huge difference there in terms of. Uh, but I, I just think this makes so much more sense for New York. Each team has pieces they can give up, but I, I just feel like New York oh. it makes more sense for them to just go for it now. Go get that guy. You need a number one center. Zabanjad is not that. He's a he would be a fantastic second line center on a championship team, but he's not a number one center. Jack Eichel is right there for you. The Kings mm-hmm. they have Byfield, they have Turcotte. You have you you have guys you can plug in at three at three C. You can sign a guy at three C. It's not that hard to find. You don't, I was I was I was like looking more from the Buffalo perspective. Like that would be a perfect uh, trading mm-hmm. partner, L A. or even New York. I'd say L A. just because no L A. is better for them out of division. Right, it's better, it's better out of conference, you know. But New York does have. I think New York will want him more. I think New York will give up more for that reason, and I think New York should do that because he is a perfect fit on that team right now. And if he goes, man, I'm boy, oh boy, I would love to see Jack Eichel in New York. That would be. I think we will finally. The fact see that Jack you could Eichel. put him with Panarin, or you could have Eichel on his own line, and then have Panarin and Sabanjad on your second line. That's kind of crazy. With Alexi Lafreniere or Capo Caco. Is Lafreniere is playing wing, isn't he? Yeah. He, yeah. Oh man, you can put Lafreniere and Caco on his wings. Yeah. That, if, if they don't give up one of them in a trade. But. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you probably do give up Kako. You do. You probably give up Kako in that trade. You're not giving up Lafreniere. You've seen more out of him faster, probably. You know, and I, I think on both sides of the puck, you've probably seen more. That's my guess. I don't know how good Lafreniere is in his own end. Um, but I would assume it's better than what you saw from Kako early on, at least. Um, yeah, I, I think you give up Kako. You give up a first, no doubt. You give up a prospect. Or probably two. give up one of your defensive prospects, like maybe yeah. Nils Lundqvist, even though he's yeah. highly thought of. But again, if you're getting Jack Eichel, you got to give something to get something. So, um, yeah, I think you give up something for Jack Eichel. I, I think that it wouldn't be the worst idea to give up that for a guy who can be an MVP. I just thought of the tweet. You remember that Ottawa tweet where it was like, Shut these up. are my untouchables. I know what it is. <laughs> Is Michael Drake Batherson? What? Oh, and no. What? No. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I love Jack Eichel. Don't get me wrong, but Drake Batherson and, oh, and you're going, you're going a little too far, Shane Pinto, man. Like, come on, dude. Like, we gave up a first round pick in a draft where all the defensemen will probably pan out to be a number two at best. What the fuck? Oh, oh man, up here, Dior, and he's. He's really off one today. Uh, I'm going to a different team that actually would, knows how to run a franchise. As much as I love like Tim Stutzla, I would totally give him up to get Jack Eichel. I mean, I would, but I mean, if I'm if I'm Ottawa, I'm shopping mostly everybody besides him. That's the that's that's the guy that I'd like. Well, to see, go. If you're like Ottawa calling Buffalo, you'd be like, hey, you want a Drake Batherson? He's he's kind of hot as a recent, and then you probably work your way up to <laughs> Tim Stutzla. Drake Batherson, Jack Eichel comparable. Okay. Okay, but you're not going to believe this. This is going to knock the socks off you. What about this? Shane Pinto. You won't believe it. Knock your socks off, podcast name. There we go. Um, But, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what a fair – man, do you give up a good – I don't know if I want to give up good boy Jake San- – you know, good USA, you know, uh, Jake Sanderson for Eichel, but, you know, you might push me there, uh, whoever the fuck the GM is in Buffalo now. Kevin Adams. 
Tim Murray, actually. I don't know just... why I have this up, because uh, Elliot Freeman just tweeted, Buffalo GM Kevin Adams says Jack Eichel has not requested a trade as they communicate. Okay, regularly. okay. Yeah, sure he has it. Okay. That's, buddy, that's just, that's just trade value being kept in place, in my opinion. There is no way he hasn't gone to the office and said, holy fuck, I'm done. <laughs> Get me out of here. I, I I was like you were talking and I saw the tweet pop up and I and I didn't see that I just saw Jack Eichel request a trade and I'm like no fucking way and then I like actually clicked on it and it said it has not requested trade I'm like oh yeah, that would have, that would have been perfect that. timing for the show I thought he already said that he, I, I thought there was already reported that he requested a trade but I mean he's definitely requested a trade with his body language um, no doubt but <laughs> yeah man at least he's not uh, you know I'll I'll uh, positive here maybe this is a, a low bar to set but you know what i wouldn't i wouldn't blame him doing this in 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 buffalo the the uh pierre luke dubois shift oh my god i would not blame him in buffalo but he hasn't done that he hasn't you know he clearly is frustrated but he hasn't you know he hasn't been uh childish about it you know clearly he's giving his all every game and so yeah I mean, for me, I'm just praying he gets moved to New York or L.A. and starts blowing up my fantasy team. Thank you for giving him to me for Joe Thornton. I know that was a smart move, kind of, but, you know, it's going to look great in two weeks. So, Wait, uh, what happened? Oh, my uh, – uh, well, uh, yeah, I guess uh, I have to shout him out now. Um, at Emperor Poyle on, uh, on Twitter. Um, traded uh, – he uh, offered me Jack Eichel for uh, Joe Thornton as soon as the uh, – One for one? Start- News started breaking out about this. Oh, the funny thing is, Joe Thornton, I believe, has more points in our league than that's Jack. Not, honestly, that's not surprising, dude. Buffalo's been <laughs> shite and Toronto's been good. Yeah, and Thornton has a much higher points per game than Eichel, for sure. I, I can't blame anybody for making that trade right now. It's it's For me, it's an investment. It's an investment for a guy off my bench who is, you know, who's having a decent year so far. But I'm, I'm going to have to... Uh, um, bug my uh, buddy Jeff Gordon to uh, get his hands on Jack Eichel because I need a couple wins in fantasy. I'd appreciate. We gotta, we gotta get uh, one of your unnatural friends on on the podcast because I yeah, want to know what yeah. the hell to do with that team. JJ Middle Four, um, Jeff on uh, on Twitter. If anybody wants to follow him, he has his own podcast. I wow. can't remember the top of my head because I am a terrible friend. But uh, wow. yeah, look, you can find him there. Great writer, great podcaster. I can't wait to have Mon here when we just kind of, you know. Hey, good kid from Nashville. Uh, good American kids, you know, you know, you know, I, you know, I love those Alberta kids. Kids from Nashville, Texas, kind of the same thing, you know. I gotta love the Southern hospitality. Yeah, Nashville, Arizona. You know, I always like going there, even though it's a little hot when I'm wearing my suit, but you know, that's fine. Arizona, <laughs> all the way. Enjoy his uh, salmon sandwich. With uh, salmon uh, pudding, whatever it is. <laughs> 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 is that the real reason why you got fired? It's just like we can't deal with the smell anymore. It's just like every time they had to break, you like, hey boys, gonna have my, gonna have my food, and then just pulls it out like underneath the desk that they're talking on. Just like, uh, uh, Don, uh, kind of smells disgusting. Hey, it's good for me. I just imagine Ron just shaking. Don, I uh. I'm not really a fan of the smell. Don, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the smell. You know, it kind of, it kind of smells like uh, that. But hey, how would you know what that smells like? Uh, in bad news, my tax refund hasn't uh, shown up yet. So what? Can't do it, man. I can't do these podcasts with this kind of, 
is kind of doing something. A government of any kind doing something? Okay, dude, you're just you're way off the rails. This podcast, man. Like I can't. I'm sorry. Just really, I can't. I can't control myself. I'm sorry. Just really angry after that loss last night against a team that you know is a million times better than us, and we held our own against. I'm I'm just can't do it anymore. Hey, Jimmy, Uh, you might you you can't control yourself, but guess what? I can. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just wanted I just wanted to throw that joke in there. It's always welcome. Yeah. Good, our good uh, friend of the podcast, Pierre Maguire, from the Amontage. I would, I would actually like to have Pierre Maguire on, because even though some people find him annoying, I just feel like you could ask him a question and he will go into in-depth with it. I think it. he's a good guy. That I think he means well. I think oh, he yeah. means very well. I yeah. think he means well. You know, some people, like, I mean, dude, I go I go into social situations. I work a job with customer service as the main part of it, and the amount of times I say, like, some stupid, like, not, you know, offensive, but, like, ooh. Ugh, you know, I can't get canceled on Twitter. I can't do this, man. I can't do this. So we had a bit of issues, but uh, don't worry, we're back. So, uh, yeah, my audio is, uh, well, my computer likes to uh, have fun with my Wi-Fi. And by fun, I mean it likes to uh, crap out in the middle of our podcast. Oh, so is so... your cat uh, knocking out the Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah, I think, let's put that on as an extra, like its own yeah, video. We have to. Well, that was, that. Uh, he almost, he really knocked my socks off with that one. That was a <laughs> shocker. Knocked but, uh, the socks off. But uh, going back to uh, what we were just talking about, uh, and oh, this is my best segue, I have to say it. Speaking of a different city that starts with a C, it took me a while to think of that one. Uh, let's go to Calgary, where, uh, uh, yeah, we see uh, Daryl Sutter replacing uh, G off Ward in, uh, for the Flames. And, uh, yeah, we haven't seen Daryl Sutter since his uh, L. Like King's days. So, uh, how do you feel about this, Curious? What, what are we thinking? Because I, it seems a bit of a boys' club-ish move or a, an old man hockey move. But I also think that Daryl Sutter, you know, I hate this term sometimes how it's overused, but he is a winner. You know, he does have that resume, and you know what? Why not? Why not? Why not? You know? Why not? Did you know that he was the coach of the 2004 yep. Calgary Flames? I loved his, uh, or I believe this was him. Uh, I heard this morning he had said that uh, he sees this as uh, unfinished business with uh, <laughs> Calgary. So I, I like the mindset. He clearly wants to do something. He's not, uh, you know, he's not just there to, you know, mess around. He's not there just to finish up the year. He signed a three-year yes. contract. Really? Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's clearly for business or clearly means business. What am I saying? That Can't talk I, twice. I know. Yeah. I try, man. But uh, yeah, I mean, with a contract like that and just – the fact that they that they brought him in, you know, taking out uh, Ward after a win. Clearly, these were talks they've been having for a while. So, yeah, clearly Calgary knows they need to go in a different direction. I mean, as I, I believe they should, and I think many others, especially Flames fans, I can tell you that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, man? So, um, we, we, we brought up the fact that he coached in the 2004 Stanley Cup Finals. Um, the coach that he was uh, that he was coaching against was John Tortorella, and I think there's a lot of yeah. similarities there because John Tortorella for a while, you know, he went to Vancouver, and that did not work out. His time yeah. kind of flamed out in New York. Same with Tampa Bay, and I remember Columbus oh, it hiring flamed him. Out. It flamed out. Yeah, yeah, that you see, you see, yeah, I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I'm but, funny. I know. But but John John Tortorella. You know, it was it was like, can this guy coach in the NHL, or is he like Mike Keenan? Where 
Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> but he's 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 kind of uh, mellowed out a bit. He's evolved his game a bit more, and I'm wondering the same about Daryl Sutter. Not the fact that he was a mm-hmm. hothead, but he kind of played when he joined the Los Angeles Kings. Um, they played a very uh, old-fashioned style, a lot very, very defensive style. Yeah. Uh, great puck possession though. Like they were probably the best puck possession team of that era. Like you, era, sorry, but sorry, um, the you could, like, you could never get the puck off of them. And I got to witness witness that firsthand with Chicago playing them those couple years. And Daryl Sutter, like it seemed, it would have been nice to see Calgary go outside the box, but Daryl Sutter just seems like right. a guy where he's gonna instill still a culture there in uh, Calgary. You know. The same that he did with L.A. Like, as soon as he joined that team, they went on an incredible run. They entered the playoffs as an eighth seed, and, of course, they just stormed their way to the Stanley Cup. I don't think that's going to happen with Calgary because they yeah. don't have the pieces that L.A. had. But Calgary has just been a perpetual underperformer. And, uh, like, yeah. I can't even think of the last time they made it past the first round. I think it was 2015, actually. <laughs> but... it, it was 2014. 2014, yeah. Well, well they may have made it past the first round. That oh, did they? That's good I think it was 2015. They beat Vancouver and then they lost to Anaheim. Yes, yes, it was. Yes, and they lost to Anaheim again. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. No, yeah, I was thinking of the 2015. Yeah, I was thinking of the same series. I gave the wrong year. Yeah, okay. So I'm still a little bit smart, which is good to know. Good job. Uh, but that was a great series, wasn't it? I don't know if you remember the Vancouver Calgary series. That was. Oh yeah, I think I think the, it was Game uh, Six. Cardiac Vancouver kids, was up three nothing, and then Calgary won like seven to four. I think. I think they were up three nothing in the first too. Like it wasn't just you know. Oh man, that was when they had Kari Ramo. And Jonas Hiller. Jonas, yeah. yeah, that was Jonas fucking Hiller. <laughs> that was an interesting. Can't time. forget That's... uh Lady Bing winger Yuri Hudler. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> that was a like that was that And I think team... he did like then I think he did he did like cocaine on an airplane or something like that and then his yeah, career ended. Did. He pissed or something and then something like that. Didn't he threaten to piss on a worker or something? Probably, you know, it, it's yeah. not a, like out, out of character for an NHL player to do that, you know, but Yeah. Um yeah. anyways, oh, back well. to Daryl Sutter. Um yeah. It's gonna be interesting to watch that because I wonder if his if he's evolved his game because he's been out of the been out of the spotlight for a few years now. Like yeah. we haven't heard much of him, and I just wonder if his game. Like you look at the pieces Calgary's got. They got a goalie with Markstrom and David Riddick. Um, whenever he's playing Toronto, he does pretty well, but not against <laughs> Ottawa. But, um, David. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you look at. The big thing to me is you look at Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Manahan, great regular season, but once the playoff playoffs happen, like they just completely. <sighs> yeah, Matthew Perfect. Chuck is man. I a lot of problems with how he uh, plays physically, but besides that, what a player, man! What a player, yeah. Matthew Chuck. Elias Lindholm is very good. You know, not an elite number one center by any means, but a very good center. Yeah. Um, Andrew, Andrew Mangiapane is very underrated. Yeah, oh, Dylan Dubé as well. I'm a, oh, that, I love... He got a hatchet last night. That's the thing. Calgary won, and they still fired the coach. Yeah. Like, so something was not right there. I would love to see Dylan Dubé in a Hawks jersey. Maybe that's just me. Ah, that guy is fun to watch. He He's the uh, he's the kind of guy that makes me a boomer for a few seconds. You know, we just love to throw the body and get to those, you know, get to those tough areas. He's got a good shot, you know. Get that so lumberjack beard, you know. You know, he's an alpha male. What's up? 
you're saying Nikita Zadorov for Dylan Dubé? Because I bet uh, Daryl Sutter would love Nikita Zadorov. Oh, my God. Please make that happen. Oh, it's all coming together oh, now. my God. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's all coming together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would. Oh, my God. I know it's not going to happen, but now I got that thought in my head, and I'm going to think about it for a couple hours, and then I – yeah. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I I agree with you. I think – well, and here's the way I look at it. I agree with you. I think he'll instill a great culture. Or I shouldn't say maybe great, but a very solid culture, whether that's going to work gonna for them or not. A defensive implementation, like they're probably going to be a more defensive team, but it's going to be interesting to see how he handles guys like Monaghan and uh, Goudreau. The way I see, the way I see Sutter going to Calgary is the way I see a lot of movies that I get excited for with uh, visionary directors. I don't know if I'm going to like it. I don't know if I'm going to like it, but I know that I'm going to see something. It's not going to be a bullshit system. What Daryl Sutter, whether whether this works or not, he's going to put his his uh, his stamp on this team. He's going to have his fingerprint in this team. We're going to know that this is a Daryl Sutter team for for good or for worse. For better or for worse, yeah. Better or for worse, yeah. Like so, I'm at least excited to see that. You know, hopefully that's for the better. I do because because I think that this is the right hiring in that sense. You, not that Monaghan or Lindholm are really, you know, big core pieces, but Johnny Goudreau is a hell of a player playing on a team that just isn't like getting the most out of him. Sure. Yeah, like he's, Johnny Goudreau, yeah. when he's a good, he is very good. You know, and Matthew Kachuk's there, man. You got Rasmus Anderson's a solid piece. Mark Giordano still can still play. Chris Tanev has looked solid in his role from what I've seen. You know, you've you've got something there. So why not try to win with that? You know, like, I, I just, I don't, like, sure, like, go for it, you know, and if it doesn't work, you can still blow it up. I don't think Johnny Goudreau or Sean Monahan are going to be untradeable, and, you know, after one or two years, why not go for it with this team? And again, if it doesn't work out, then you blow it up. Like, I, I, I think it's, I, I think it's a good move. I think it's the right choice to hire that kind of coach. And I mean, like, obviously, we'll wait and see where it goes. I could eat my words, obviously, but. I think it's the right move, and you know, or I should say, whether we see, uh, you know, whether Sutter can take them or not, you know, anywhere past the first round or even to the playoffs, we'll see. They need to get past the first round, and that's even if they make the playoffs. But that's that's. Let's talk about that for a second, my friend. Let's talk about the North Division. The North Division. Yep. yep oh yep. my goodness, Ottawa even playing well is still far below any team. Calgary is on the outside looking in. We actually have oh man, no oh, never mind. Okay. I was like, hmm, Montreal twenty six points. I Calgary think twenty four. The Pegger only the, the only safe bets to make the playoffs. But between Edmonton, Montreal, Calgary, I think those are the three teams that are gonna fight. One of them is gonna lose out. This is where it gets interesting because I look at these teams uh, those four. I go Edmonton twenty eight points. Okay. Montreal twenty six. Yep, two points apart. Oh, another two points apart. Calgary, 24 points. Vancouver, 22 points. Another two points down. Um, Edmonton's played 25, Calgary 24, Montreal 22. Vancouver, the lowest of those four, has played 27 games. I, don't in the playoffs. Like, I, saw I think that this that far... Had 923 or 4 save percentages the last 13 games, which is good for them, but man, oh man. They had a bad like, start. They were egregious. 
Yeah, Jim Benning, like, he needs to be fired. <laughs> I saw this tweet. Um, it was two pictures. It was from 2014, and Jim Benning says, we got a, a good enough team to be competitive. And then the next tweet was from, I think, a few days ago, and it said, we'll be competitive in two years. <laughs> oh, that is that, juicy. Oh, that, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I just, like, how many games are in the season? Oh, man. So... This is the 56-game season. 56. Like 27, they're pretty you much happy. played, through. yeah, I don't, it's not impossible, but I just don't, I think it's possible for this team to make that, you know, that Cinderella, you know, the regular season Cinderella, make the playoffs run that teams like Ottawa made in 2015. I mean, it's not impossible. just decides to go pan, like, uh, like he did in the bubble Pandemic, last year. Yeah. Yeah, Pandemco or Bubble, bubble Demco, whatever you want to <laughs> Pandemco. Oh, that's... Has anyone said that before? Because I've never heard that. No, I'm pretty sure people have. I've seen it before. Oh, well, you want original bastard. Um, <laughs> But, I mean, they could do it. I could see this team. This team is, you know, they can be kind of electric when they want to. We've seen that in the past, you know, with this fun young core. But, ah, man, I just don't see it happening. I just I don't think you can make up for all the lost grounds you had at no. the beginning of the year. Maybe so if it was me, a longer season, maybe, but it's just too short of a season that a lot, like, games matter a lot more than they would have in an 82-game season, you know? Exactly. Um, I, personally, I see Edmonton, as, like, I, I know they aren't there yet points-wise, but I think they'll be a lock eventually. I, or, I think they're a lock long-term, even if, you know, it's not by a far stretch, because I just don't think Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl will allow this team yeah. to not make the playoffs. Yeah, but like, to me, it's between Montreal and Calgary because exactly. Um, even though Calgary's behind Montreal, if, Mont- if Calgary catches a hot streak and Montreal's not been hot, like that could switch easily. Oh, you think the Flames could catch a hot streak, my friend? Nah, uh, that's funny because yeah, yeah I'm funny. I know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly, oh, honestly, I I I see uh, I see the Flames making it. I see the Flames making it. I I know that things are very rough there, but. I really trust I trust Daryl Sutter to really change things around more than I do the guy coaching the Canadians whose name I still don't know fully by heart. Uh, Dominic um, Ducharme. Not a, a, I I've heard great things about the guy, but um, I think with Sutter you're going to get a very like defined voice in the room, and I think that that's what the Flames need. They need that kick in the rear, you know. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I think that's going to take them over the top again. We'll see. But uh, right now, my money's on Calgary making the playoffs over Montreal. This tweet, you know, I just want to read this not tweet that it's from too early or anything. Yeah, I just want to read this tweet from Kirby Doc. Seebs, in the short time I've been in Chicago, you've taught me a lifetime of lessons. You are one of the best to ever put on a Blackhawk logo and an even better person off the ice. I cannot thank you and your family enough. Congrats on the great career. Uh, for context, either. Kirby Doc lived with Brent Seabrook as first. Yes. Season. Yeah, that's. Oh, man already cried enough today i think i'm just sad that's oh, i'm probably gonna do that after the podcast i'm like, <laughs> just, like trying to hold it in to the back of tears but that is oh man what if we just had a yeah. podcast where it was like a therapy session and we just like all we just that's what every it. podcast is except without the crying thing exactly <laughs> but it's for me it's I, I think it's just beautiful to see how how much not only how much he's meant to the fans, but how much he's meant to the players around him. You know, you, you 
there was there was never not praise coming Brent Seabrook's way from his uh his teammates and uh yeah I don't know I I think that well obviously it sucks to see the guy go it it, it it's awful that he won't be able to put the skates on back again if not for anybody else but himself but it, it's at least beautiful to see the impact he had on the people around him you know on and off the ice and I think that was the best thing about the guy was that he it wasn't just his his play. His play was incredible, but he brought so much more off of it. And you can call intangibles, you know, whatever. I'm sorry. There, there is every every team that's won. I I can't think of a team in recent history that seemed like they hate each other. You know that that's it's it's such a simple saying, but you know, teamwork, man. That's where it all comes from. And you need people who teamwork, can bring teams man, together. Teamwork. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, oh man, there's like. There's this tweet, I don't have it up, but Ben Pope, I remember it. He tweeted that Stan Bowman was part of like the scouting staff, and Aww. they said when they met him back in 2003, they, Stan, Stan said that he knew right away that Brent Seabrook was, a, was not only going to be a great hockey player, but also a great person and great leader in the locker room, and that's why they made that pick. So, By the way, Brent Seabrook, Aww. drafted almost 18 years ago. Oh, this year will be 18 years ago, part of that crazy 2003 draft. Yeah. Clearly. Wasn't uh, Corey Crawford part of that? Yeah, he was too. He went in the second round. I believe he only went a couple picks after Jeremy Colton. Two pillars of a dynasty. I'd love yeah. to see that. And uh, I believe Colton and Seabrook were on the uh, crazy 2005 World Junior team on Canada that had like Crosby, Bergeron, Getzlaff, Perry, and all those people. No way. I'll have to yeah. look that up after this. Um, yeah, it's... Interesting to look at that team because that was a walkout year, so none of the players were in the NHL, so they could just have that stacked ass team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and that we was gonna... the same World Juniors where Dion Phaneuf went, wham, wham, kabam, oh my kabam. God. It's a double D, and it's a double D on to start the play. Was uh, it? Was it? A, was it a Bergeron goal? I believe. Yeah, that was Bergeron. Crosby Bergeron scores, and then right away, kabam, kabam, wham, wham. It always it's comes a back. Dion. Oh man. Well, I know we were going to get into Dylan Strom, but I think oh, that's interesting, man. I think honestly, we don't want to save it for the next podcast. Maybe uh, you know, see an outside perspective from a Nashville fan. Yeah, Maybe sure. That's that yeah I think, um yeah great way to end it just you know talking about what a great career Seabs has had i i think that that's maybe we don't need way to end negative this. nancy moments in here come on exactly now. exactly all right we never Again. talk badly or about the blackhawks we don't we are only blindly optimistic well fucking hostile baby <laughs> alex to has an albatross of a contract <laughs> oh my god we'll get into that one day uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's for another day. But again, um, like going back to everything you said, like what we've heard, um, again, just great person, warrior, big part of the Stanley Cups. It sucks he went the way out the way he did, but he has a family. He has a long life to live. He could probably be in the Chicago Blackhawks organization in a front office role maybe in a few years, you know? Like his, his, his career is, is over as a hockey player, but... You know, he's still got kids to raise that are very young. He could still be in our organization, you know. It's just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's not goodbye. Yeah. It's cliche, but it's not goodbye. It's see you later. Yeah. And, that's, and also, yeah. again, just rest in peace, Walter Gretzky. Again, uh, nothing but uh, good things. Both uh, Brent Seabrook and uh, 
Walter Gretzky, Canadian legends. And, uh, <laughs> yes, sir. Best of luck to Brent Seabrook in retirement and rest in peace, Walter Gretzky. Thoughts and prayers to the Gretzky family and the close ones. So, um, again, Absolutely. I apologize that we haven't been doing much podcast content lately. Just life is, life is crazy sometimes. Um, shit yeah. happens. Um, I've been in the process Life's of crazy, working, man. and uh, yeah, but uh, don't worry. The month of March, we're going to get back into things. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the podcast is now available on uh, Apple Podcasts, so if you have that, yes, you can sir. that. So, yeah, all right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Hope you all are staying safe, social distancing, wearing a mask, washing your hands, all that stuff. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next time. Go uh, Blackhawks. Fuck the lightning. Ha, ha, ha. Wow, troll. I know. That's just how I'd be. I'd be on my game. All right. (laughs) Peace, y'all. See y'all.